the season of Santa, there are two kinds of people. The naughty and the nice. I've got 50 bucks for the first elf that brings me Santa Claus. Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne, and he's definitely naughty. To make his getaway, he's going to make a mockery of the world's most beloved hero. Fox me, a little brat. That's him. But sometimes, the only way you can feel the spirit of Christmas... Where'd he go? ...is to be hit <laughs> over the head with it. Santa! What? It's showtime. Now, this confused bad boy is Santa, like you've never seen him before. A bearded basher of bad guys. Yeah! A hero with a silly hat. <laughs> A Robin Hood in red. Who were those guys anyway? Oh, they were from Mr. Frost. He's been clearing out the whole neighborhood and no one knows why. And he's got three days to foil a band of evil scientists. Assemble the team. They're taking the orphanage. Wait till Santa hears about this. He'll kick your butt to New Year's. Santa, you slay me. Hulk Hogan is Santa with an attitude. Keep the milk and cookies warm. Santa with some friends. Santa with a mission. How are we supposed to get over this? And most of all, he's Santa with muscles. They can't start Christmas without me. Can they? There have been many Santas. You're not Santa. You're fed. But there's only one named Hulk. Well, all you had to do was knock. Santa with muscles. Movies for guys who like movies. Coming up next, only on TBS. Back to a special episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. Specifically, it's movies for guys who like movies. It's been eagerly anticipated. I only wish we were back with maybe a better movie. But here we are. It's Christmas time. It's the holiday season. So guess what? We need to do a Christmas movie. And out of the billion Christmas movies, guess what? Guess which one we're doing? It's Santa with Muscles, 1995's vehicle for Hulk Hogan. I'm William Rinkin, joined by. Oh, what's up? How are you? I'm all good. I'm great. <laughs> this movie didn't kill me. I'm I'm doing well. And Charlie's here as well. How are you, sir? Filled with a festive spirit. Let's just get right into <laughs> Charlie's this. Here as, Charlie's here as well. This is this was all right. So Jason texted me this idea, <laughs> and now. When he texted that, you know, hey, what if we do a movies for guys who like movies for, with Santa with muscles? I was like, all right, cool. Sounds like fun. I had no idea what this movie was. Why is Charlie so angry at me with his text? <laughs> what the fuck? We're doing Santa with muscles? <laughs> no. You should have directed that at me, not at him. No. <laughs> Jason, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I know. let's I've start with it. it. Why, why did you pick this? Like, why? Um, because thematically, it's our, our season is Sting to Hogan, and it's a Christmas movie. It's Christmas time, and it's a Christmas movie of Hulk Hogan. Um, I had never seen it. Uh, ah. 
Yes, I'd never seen this one. Uh, years and years ago, my cousin got like a combo DVD set. They had like Mr. Nanny and Santa with muscles. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty so, bad when Mr. So, Nanny is far and away the better film. Yeah, someone hated him and, put, <laughs> and sent him this. Like he hit their truck or something and they put this in the, instead of a note. This is what they put in the windshield wiper. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And it was just like, so I knew it existed. Uh, I, I didn't know it was this bad. And right off the bat, from the bottom of my heart to both of you, I'm very sorry. Um, That's to, not good enough. Well, <laughs> That's no way you, if you would stop enough. interrupting me. I mean, William, I know you're busy. You have a family. You have children. I took I took 90 minutes away from that for, for, for this. Charlie, you don't have life. I don't care. But you you, you really you, you, you got a strong. What's going on? You got a strong opinion about movies. And I've heard you suffer through good movies in the theater audibly. So I, I'm pretty sure your neighbors thought what you were good getting movie was that the, the best blowjob ever. But at the same token. This is what you get when y'all go to see Guns N' Roses without me. You watch. Would... Man, this is a long con. You've been playing. You, you, you count a Monte Cristo this thing. You're just sitting there in the cell with Richard <laughs> Harris. And you're just like, man, I got a plan. In a few years, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be Christmas time. I wrote, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I carved it out right here on my bedpost. I was like, revenge. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, a couple years about Hogan and Christmas. So let's set the stage for it here. It's 1996. This gets released. I, you know what? I'm not. What's the exact release date? Because I wouldn't see if they actually released it around Christmas time. Just to see. I'm curious. I'm curious if they did. But anyway, while I'm looking that up here. Uh, all right. Anyway, so wait, is it there? Oh yeah, yeah. November 8, 96. Well, they at least tried. They tried. They tried to make some money on this. Um, if this was released in November, was he filming it right during the turn to NWO? So that's one thing I wanted to bring up. Like, I think maybe that, that – I'm not going to say, like, that cripples the business for this movie because yeah, if you watch it – that's what killed the movie. <laughs> that's what did it. But it probably if doesn't – only he'd been a face. <laughs> but it probably didn't help that this happened to be the time when he became, like, the most villainous person in professional wrestling at this point. I'm sure it didn't help. But, yeah, that's something I thought was fascinating. It was, like, this is one of the – probably the last, like – like Hulk Hogan face things that happened for, for a few years and stuff. But we said director John Murlowski, uh, you know, I've looked, looked at his, uh, I've looked at his IMDb. It's nothing spectacular. A few Victoria Pratt movies. Those are probably a little dirty. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know, other than that, other than that, I mean, nothing spectacular with it. This movie's got a fascinating cast. It's a nexus of, of people coming up, people on the way out. Way up, way down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously we've got Hulk Hogan, which, my God, how far we've fallen. Suburban Commando was, that was a, a real movie, like in theaters. You can say about it what you will, but it was marketed as a pretty substantial, like, you know, comedy back in, when it was released. Charlie, you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and it's a good movie. So, <laughs> there's that. <clears throat> And then um, you've also got along for the ride. You've got wow, Star Trek's Robin Curtis, Lieutenant Savick is back as a frumpy mom. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just poor, th- <laughs> <laughs> poor, 
Poor thing. <laughs> There's no pond far coming for her. All right, it's not happening. Poor thing. I mean, she, she, she also just looks like this is she is forcing herself to have chemistry with Hulk Hogan. I feel so. Bad. I think she retired right after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think she called it a career. Like, like, well, you said it to me a couple days ago. How do you go from Joan Severance? <laughs> you know, like, Whoa. like, like, anytime they try to mash up Hulk Hogan with a female lead, it never works. He has, he doesn't have chemistry with any of the female leads he was ever in a film with, ever. Uh, Glenn Howard as an awful cop. <laughs> the worst deputy in the world it's great then mila kunis a young mila kunis how about it uh, i just realized that my autocorrect made it mika kunis <laughs> <laughs> you took notes oh my god oh i, oh, I did i have I a did. ton of notes i, oh, I really do yeah. uh, and I, I have 29 notes cool. yeah. this is <laughs> this is a great uh, that '70s show precursor because yes, Don's dad, Don Stark, is also oh, here. God, and boy, is he giving a performance! Jeez, we've also got Garrett <laughs> Morris from SNL. Yeah, wow, he's really yeah. he's hamming SNL it up. Alum. Here's my thing. Okay, so you're gonna cast a movie where Hulk Hogan is going to be a Santa Claus figure. So who, who possibly could play the Villain, Ed Begley Jr. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm just as God made me, sir. Who, who, <laughs> who, by the way, like, how, isn't it awesome? Ed Begley Jr. has FaceTime in 1995. Like his yes. idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the what's the plot of this movie? I'm actually generally asking. I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, what the the plot of this movie is? I guess Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne or Blake Bukowski, John whatever his name is, Krakowski. Thork, Thornkowski, whatever his real name is. <laughs> I think it's Blake Thorne. No, no, his, his, he has That's a, his yeah, yeah, his birth name in the movie. Uh, I Garrett, must have had a seizure at that point. Because <laughs> Garrett Morris, like, all of a sudden is like, guess what? I've got more exposition. This is your oh, real name. Right. <laughs> that's one of the moments oh, where it's... Oh, you, you forgot to mention uh, executive producer. <laughs> oh, right, right. Got to mention that. Right, the Wolf of Wall Street himself. Wow, that's unbelievable! And what was the joke? The movie cost twenty million. He took forty. Because <laughs> the... yeah, I'm... and this movie was also co-written by Jonathan Bond. You know, water slide attendant from Bill and Ted. <laughs> I looked up on. I was like, "Holy really? crap!" Well done, Someone Jason. With Ted? The guy yeah. who says, uh, "Buddy, you're holding up the line." <laughs> it's a Napoleon. So. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I wasn't trying to be like deep on it. I was just like, holy that shit. Good. One of the writers says Bill and Ted. I was like, oh my God, did, did, what happened? Like, did, how did you write Bill and Ted? No, no, you, you just get a line. So they went from, hey, can we get William Goldman? No. You can get the guy from Bill and Ted who says, Napoleon, you're holding up the line. All right, well, fuck it. <laughs> um, we tried. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's this billionaire Terry Thorne who. Apparently likes to um, Terry Thorne. <laughs> oh, is, is that his name? What, no, that's not... <laughs> what is... Terry Hulk Thorne. <laughs> Blake Thorne. <laughs> Terry Thorne. That's actually Terry Russell Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Thorne is actually the name of Russell Crowe in Proof of Life. 
Sorry. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Actually, now I uh, want to... I want to see fucking Russell Crowe's Santa with muscles. Hold on, you he know what we need? He beats the shit out of everything. I need everyone. to go. I texted Charlie the best plot summary of this movie ever. I, I got to find it because that's what I need to read. That is the an incredible plot summary. Using vocabulary that this movie couldn't even try to really use. Here we go. Uh, I love it. It's right off of Rotten Tomatoes. <coughs> like I'm some kind of... Oh, it didn't even work. Hey, Rotten Tomatoes apparently is taking it down. I'm just kidding. I'll find it here in a second. <laughs> the whole movie never happened. <laughs> never, it never happened. Don't tell me it didn't happen. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, but anyway, Hogan's this billionaire who uh, apparently is just the worst human being in this town. Maybe one of the only human beings in the town because this town has only people with them all and nowhere else. But. He uh, is hawking, of course, a can of steroid cereal and other crap. And he... Santa <laughs> 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 with steroids. There, <laughs> there is a great joke. I will give the credit. There's a really good pun. Because the name of like, his weight game powder is like the Blake Thorn Way. And it's like spread like way for... I was like, all right. That's pretty funny. That's about it. Here it is. A penurious but muscle-bound Blake Thorne, famed wrestler turned actor Hulk Hogan, has made a vast fortune marketing health food and health supplements. He once was a nice fellow. Uh, we have no evidence of that in this movie. Uh, but as his wealth increases, he becomes increasingly self-centered and decadent. One day, he gets in a great paint gun fight that goes too far. Blake escapes the cops by running into a shopping mall, quickly donning a Santa suit and pretend, pretending to be St. Nick. A head injury causes Blake to suffer amnesia, and an opportunist, opportunistic elf decides to convince Blake that he is indeed Santa. This leads Santa to help save an orphanage filled with adorable moppets from the machinations of a greedy, insane doctor. That is Santa with muscles. Jesus Christ. I wonder who wrote that. Um, the, the, first of all, like the paint gun, weren't they like in the car, like on the way to, to, to the paint gun place? And and then the Clint Howard, you know, had his had a motorcycle hit his car and that's why he got chased. It's this, well, like, yeah, it's a capture of the flag game that never happens. Yeah, because Hulk right. shoots Captain and, right from the get-go and leaves. Yeah, in in this in this world where you can shoot someone point blank range with a paintball gun, and the only thing the guy can muster up to say is, "Hey, you stained my shirt," like <laughs> that that hurts like a motherfucker, and yeah. it's just not in this movie. Nope. Um, I the opening titles alone, I was looking at it and I was like, "This is the worst." And like, this is stuff like I, I try to pay attention to when I'm doing stuff as titles are very important on screen. You have this. This br this red right that on top. That red font. <laughs> Terrible. It looks like it's from a different movie. It does. I, I feel like I'm gonna watch a horror movie. Yes, yeah. it does. So it, it's really strange. How legendary is Hogan's hairpiece? Is it like Burt Reynolds, Shatner, wow. good, or what do you think? It took me like an hour to realize he wasn't bald, and I was like, "Wait a minute! No, 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 no!" And it's just you know, I'm looking at him like that looks really good. <laughs> it gives the best performance in the movie. This, yeah, and his he looks so different. He's so tiny, and he's shaved off like two thirds of his mustache too. He doesn't. Yeah. Have, 
So it doesn't look like Hulk Hogan. He, yeah. uh, this, it's, it's a little strange. This fight at the beginning that he apparently stages regularly with his staff to where like they just ambush him in his fatigues that he wears just casually around the house. And they just start fighting. My favorite is when he no-sells a kick to the face. And I was waiting for him to point at him and wag his finger. <laughs> that didn't happen. T-1000? Um, no, like how he hulks up. Like he when somebody punches him and he's like, you! Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, that. <laughs> Charlie, I wrote for you, Hulk Hogan does his best acting. About his, uh, Hulk Hogan's... Oh. What, what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hulk Hogan's rules. <laughs> uh, he, he he has these rules, and uh, I find it fascinating that it took him 386 of these things to get to never mix business with pleasure. <laughs> and it was like so big deal. He was like, "Oh, write that down." So, <laughs> yeah, write that down. Like he just thought of it, and it took 386 rules to even think of that. <laughs> yeah, there. Who's the, that guy who's his, his head server, too? That guy's been around the block a few times. Oh, dude, that's the guy that, that's the guy that Robin Williams replaces in Mrs. Doubtfire yeah! for the kids' show. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's hello, good. Mrs. Doubtfire. Not here, but he's good. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, Charlie, I wrote this for you. I said, I think Hulk Hogan does his best acting with a do-rag on. And then I wrote, no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It feels like you at one point was like, yo, brother, I need to get this, uh, need to put this on at one point. I got to push these on the market. <laughs> I got to push my do-rag on the market. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just so weird. Cause it's like, this is a very strange character. <laughs> like, it's weird to see Hogan, Hogan acting like this, you know? Cause he, like, we haven't talked about it, but he's very uppity, very cheery, very, like he speaks in a completely different voice register, uh, in, in these opening 10 minutes. And it's and it, like that plot summary you came up with that almost makes it sound like he gets up. scrooged, and it doesn't quite happen like that. And it, it's just it, it, he's a he's very unlikable like the entire way through. Yes. Yeah. And and it, 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 go ahead, Jason. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's the thing. Is like this. Uh, <clears throat> I was watching this, going, okay, wait, he's the good guy, because it's the like the complete disregard for the law. Like he just starts shooting a paintball at a cop during a car chase. Uh, and he's just like, I'll lose him here. Like this is, are we supposed to assume that he's so rich? He feels above the law or what's the deal? I'm not positive Jason, him? but I'm, I, I'm going to assume that cops hate Santa because one of them shoots the Santa sign for whatever reason. It's just like, fuck yes, you Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Hogan, he remembers, he goes, we'll hide in this town. Uh, I grew up here. There's lots of places to hide. Uh, and then he remembers growing up in that town. But spoiler alert, he doesn't remember growing up in the orphanage. <laughs> yeah, that that felt like a 11 o'clock rewrite uh, Yeah, when that moment finally comes in. Um, <laughs> it really does. You're right. Because yeah, that's like, there's no hint. And now there's this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no hint at all. <laughs> Um, like, so we get introduced to this B story relatively early and it takes me at least 45 minutes to figure out what the fuck's going on with, uh, with Ed Begley Jr. With why they've got this guy upside down, you know, and, and I guess they're torturing him. (laughs) It's, 
it's like, okay, I can't wait until I, I understand why these two stories are going to connect. And it, it, it feels like it's from a completely different movie. Yeah. And it's interjected. Like, Will, and when you put together a movie and you're, you're putting together a story, would you stall at the, the, the kind of intro segment and sequence to your character that's going to set up the plot for the rest of the movie where he's running from the police in the mall? Would you suddenly stop doing that to do like an eight minute introductory sequence to the villain and all of his henchmen and then go back to wrap up and start the whole thing? Because it was kind of jarring. Yeah, it's the 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 way the the way they sequence this out is just because I was I was trying to be conscious of time mostly because I was just wanting it to end mercifully as quickly <laughs> as, as possible. But yeah, like the timing on everything is just so bizarre. I feel like at the forty-five minute mark, we're at the we get to the orphanage finally, and it's like, brother, man, Ugh. it feels like we needed to get here a lot sooner. This feels like the mall rats scenario where they talk about in the first screening of mall rats or the first cut of it, it took thirty minutes to get to the mall, and they're like, a movie called Mall Rats needs to get <laughs> yeah, and the same yeah. thing. This movie's called Santa with Muscles. It takes him like well over a half hour, it seems like, just to get to the point where. He's Santa with muscles, which is hysterical. That like, oh, it's Santa just beating up people. Man, love this Santa. Love that Santa. <laughs> love it. Oh, uh, do, do, you, do you also love how they completely abandon their job at the mall? Oh, yes. Oh. They just leave. Yeah. They never go back. Because yeah, I wanted to I see more of that manager. Like, Who's that mall manager? What's going on there? Yeah, yeah that's what's going to She's Bob Chapeska. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, they also never define clearly how powerful of a human being he is because he, uh, you know, he holds that ice cream truck with a chain. It's oh, yeah. full of motion, like barreling down the street, and he stops it. Yet skinny Dr. Creepy Rapazoid guy is able to hold him down with a plastic candy cane and an animatronic Santa Claus knocks him off the roof in its normal motion. <laughs> oh my God. It's so ridiculous. Like he has a very similar scene with a car in suburban commando and it's so much better in suburban commando. Like, cause it shows how a, how strong he is and B it's actually funny. You know, like it's it, like this movie has a does that same kind of scene just completely wrong and i will say to, to, since you mentioned that ice cream truck i was hopeful for a second and this is a deep cut but i was really hoping clint howard was driving that ice cream truck oh, oh there we go because that's a better movie and that movie sucks but i was like oh man if, if, if the villain turns out to be clint howard driving an ice cream truck oh i am so in and no and and let's talk about these villains for a second uh, well, I told you about this. I hate this this trope. It's something I don't miss from 90s movies. Almost every 90s kids movie had to have these Balkan skull type <laughs> side villains yeah. where they were just idiots and it didn't make any sense. And it didn't matter what their job was like, like these guys are like scientists and they are just as dumb, if not dumber than the three villains from three ninjas who were the pizza delivery guys or whatever the, whatever the fuck they were. Yeah, it, it's just so annoying that they have to constantly shoehorn these guys in, and they way overact. One of them is that bald guy with the glasses who I've seen in so many things, but I don't care enough to look up his name. Um, but that guy that I think Jason pointed out with the long, stringy hair, I, he might 
give the worst performance in the movie. <laughs> he is so bad. I, I hate him in this movie. I'm astounded. And, there is such yeah, a hierarchy of villains. It, I mean, yes, you've got, you've got, all right, I'm looking at that guy's name. Who was it? It's, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Blight. Dr. Yeah. That guy sucks. That guy's the worst. Even his IMDb picture makes me just dislike him more. He's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. So that's the thing. Are we supposed to be afraid of him? Because he comes off super rapey towards Lieutenant Savick. Oh, yeah. But kids are scared of him. But he's kind of inept. I, I don't get it. Yeah. There came a point in these movies where they couldn't make these villains too scary. Like, you wanted, like, a great scary villain from, like, a 90s kids movie is the fucking villain from Beethoven. That yeah. guy is terrifying. And he, and it's a vet. And it's like, that's, that's how you do it. But no, like, they have to make it too cartoony. Like, I hate to bring up Three Ninjas again because they just did this in every single one of those fucking things, even the one that Hogan was in. But the villains would eventually, like, the movies would morph into this thing where... Uh, anytime the villain got hit with anything or did like a, a weird quick move, some the Foley artist would throw in this goofy cartoon sound effect just so that the kids would feel okay, that they wouldn't be too scared. And they'd by all they end up getting saw. kicked in the balls. Every one of them gets kicked always in the... get kicked in the balls. <laughs> always. <laughs> um, Charlie, you nailed on the Foley artist because I was I have multiple notes where I'm like, do they want us to know they're using ADR? Because there is clearly a lot of things where it's like we need to re-record that later. We need to get him in the booth. It's awful. <laughs> so it's so bad. the The ice cream truck. The ice cream truck actually attempts murder. Actually oh. tries to kill Garrett Morris. Garrett Morris. And oh my god, that scene. Because he te- he immediately. Let's just go back inside. I I like Garrett Morris's like line. He like says to Hogan, he's like, "What man? You're crazy. What were you thinking?" I go, "Motherfucker, what were you thinking, Doctor Malcolm?" And the T Rex coming at you. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> what, what were you gonna do? They were about to run you over. You had no plan, Garrett. Go back in the go back inside and wait on this subplot for later. Jesus Christ! And that's what they do. They they don't call the cops. They don't do anything. They just go back inside and just talk. And I'm like, <laughs> what? The fuck? Even if you were, even if the 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 attempted murder didn't happen, there's still vandalism because yes. they keep they rip the statue apart. And how heavy is this head? Oh my <laughs> it's God. like someone's just able to lob it through the window and then they go pick it up. But it's a thing. But with going back with the, the ADR, um, Hogan is like two different people because of the beginning entrance where he's all Blake. He's super talky. He's super upbeat. He's super loud. But once <laughs> and he gets the beard on, he becomes Santa with mumbles. <laughs> like, I can barely hear it. And I get he's quasi confused, but even when he gets and the 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 supposed to be funny, but literally just looks like something that would become a huge viral video sensation where he's getting interviewed by the lady and she's like, Where did you come from? Uh and he's like making up all this stuff and, and trying to read Don Stark's stuff and he can't do it. she goes how'd you get so strong he says oh I, I rode the reindeer oh how'd you get so strong uh, i ate a lot of reindeer meat <laughs> <laughs> that actually cracked me up that was the one like genuine reaction i had to the movie it was positive i was like oh shit <laughs> that was pretty good um it, it there's so many jumps as far as plot it's like okay he's <laughs> he's in the mall 
those dudes try to steal that money. That little girl screams Santa, and he just feels compelled to go help instead of just being like, what the fuck is going on? If there was some sort of supernatural thing where this was Santa answering the little girl's letter using this guy, great. That would have wrapped up a lot. But he really just feels like he is so out of it and just kind of goes with the flow. But what flow? Right. Yeah. I, I, a couple of quotes here that I thought were funny. Fax me, little brat. And I wrote, Hogan does it for the fans. Oh, well, I wrote, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had a moment where I was like, oh, there's the real Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And just like, oh, oh I know you're talking a about a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But the other, other one, I, I forget if he was inside an elevator shaft or wherever. He, and I was like, come out to the North Pole. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, they do make a diehard joke. Because the, the cops are like, oh, do you think he went in the air ducts? Did you see the size of that guy? <laughs> yeah, like, he couldn't fit in the air ducts. And I'm right. like, oh, just I just want to watch Die Hard. <laughs> I, w- I want to watch Die Hard 5. <laughs> like, it just, oh, God. <laughs> give me anything. Uh, Hogan has one line that just fucking killed me. Uh, Keep the milk and cookies warm. And I'm like, the cookies, sure. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> The milk. Yes, I don't. I don't know, Mrs. Gilmore. Yeah, like, why do you want? Why do you want warm milk? Like, it just. Um, just seemed a little odd. I hate this little red-haired '90s douchebag kid uh, that's in the orphanage. Uh, he's been in so many things. I, I think he was even in Kindergarten Cop. But he, they try to give him this little arc, like he's going to be the one kid who, you know, is disillusioned and, and wants to run away, but he's inspired and. And he wants to help out. It's just like, dude, this this kid sucks. Like, I just I just want to know like his story for how he got into all these movies back then. And I think he's still working. Yeah, he his IMDb is crazy. It's it's a ton of material. The kid, like, I mean, from when he was this age, and even years before and doing Garden Cop, the guy's done a ton of movies. He's like a low rent Scott Farkas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But, but he just hung on. He just wouldn't go away. Just, oh, God. I will say this, though. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second, because I I cracked up. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, so Don Stark's character is just an idiot, like just a big buffoon and just acting all cartoonish, and it's awful. And he notices he needs to get Hulk Hogan's fingerprint so that he can access his ATM uh, his ATM account and uh, or whatever, his bank account. And uh, he notices that Hogan touches the, the glass and leaves his fingerprint on it and what starts playing rick flair's music yeah and i got really excited i was like oh my god if rick flair walked in right now <laughs> like he would just save this movie <laughs> oh god but I, it's charlie i was actually hoping his plan was i'm just gonna chop his hand off and go to the atm with yeah <laughs> like, because, like let's talk about this okay so so yeah so his, like I'm like, okay, so what's his plan here? Is he going to take, like, a thing of scotch tape and, like, stick it on the glass? And then, like, is that what he's going to do? No, he's going to take just the literal glass <laughs> and put it, like, because I'm thinking if I tried to do this, I probably wouldn't be able to get it to work. And I'm like, so what's he going to do? And he's going to do something that absolutely will never fucking work except in the movies. You know, it's just like, I'll just put the glass on the fingerprint reader and that ought to, that ought to do it. But then it's like, oh, we need we need the left thumb print or whatever. And he just kind of does the real, like, Three Stooges reaction. Like, no! And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, just awful 90s kids movie acting. Yep. Just over the top, 
just ridiculous, com- like completely unrealistic. And this guy's not bad because I've seen that 70s show. This guy isn't bad, but he's he's bad. Um, he has a line with Mila Kunis where he says, uh, or she says to him, keep your pants on. I was like, that's just creepy. I don't want to hear. No. <laughs> I, I don't want that. I there's Doctor Bitch or whatever her name is. I don't whoever the evil woman villain is. It Doctor Shock Watt. Doctor whatever. Doctor Shock chick. Yeah. yeah. He says he. She says to him, "You wouldn't hit a woman, would you?" And I wrote, "No, but if you're married to my best friend, I might sleep with you on tape." Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. And and the thing is, is that, that she is. Yeah. She's <laughs> Merry murdered. Christmas. Yeah. With the muscles. <laughs> pours water on her and she is electrocuted but everyone <laughs> yeah like the the creepy rape doctor is locked in the freezer inside a church or whatever this is that collapses upon itself and yet he's a-okay except he's a little frozen when it's all said and done this this world is insane when the kid like you're talking about low rent whatever his name is as you put it just disappears from the group when they're they're celeb- like after the the head comes to the window and they're like where does he go hulk hogan just it cuts to his headphones laying in the grass (laughs) i know where he went how how do you know like (laughs) yeah there's a lot of how does hulk hogan know that that don't really get an answer um that okay so like because i want to say it happens twice there's two points in this movie where the where another movie just showed up and one of them you know what i'm talking about like like one of them is the we've already talked about it what was it like it's uh it's hulk hogan's oh, 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 an orphan from the hulk hogan's an orphan okay well before that there's this underground like dr evil lair like right underneath the orphanage slash church yeah. and as it turns out the villains are just trying to get a hold of the orphanage because there's valuable crystals yeah. Under, like we find this out in about an hour into the movie and Hogan, like, cause I don't think they ever explained it. Hogan knows the combination to get into the door, but he knows the last number, but he doesn't remember why is, is this because he was an orphan and he just figured it out back when he was a kid. Yeah, I guess. Cause <laughs> like they show his initials on the door. So apparently really he was said. hanging out a lot there. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it goes like, to, oh, the bad guy was your best friend, and neither of you remember. Like, like it's it's very simple. Like this is a the, the the basic idea of this movie is it's a save the rec center movie, and that should have been all it was. But no, it's a save the rec center movie. But instead of it being like, oh, we're gonna demolish it and build like condominiums and shit like they usually do, no, 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 we're gonna harvest crystals. That like it just it's so out of left field. <laughs> And Charlie, not just that. It, when that the rec center goes nuclear and it just goes up and oh man, I was thinking Dude, Gozer, Gozer was going to come. Yeah, or that. Perfect. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it just the house eats itself. And, I, and here's another thing: is it is it an is it an orphanage or is it a church or is it both? Because let's the one thing we haven't talked about is that annoying little girl who's who's near, who's a voiceover starts the movie. Dear Santa, <laughs> like she's as soon as she started talking, I'm like, oh, here we fucking go, uh, and and then because it all like she's a cute little girl, it's fine, but it all leads to this bullshit scene in the church where 
Hogan's like, oh, how's it going? You know, and, and brother, <laughs> brother, and he sits down, and he's just choosing not to wear a beard now because he outsmarted the child. Oh, Mrs. Claus said makes makes her itch when I go down on her or whatever. <laughs> 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 the tickles, so I only. Wear oh yeah, dude. And she yeah. just, oh yeah, we got Cinemax. <laughs> So, so he's allowed to not to walk around without the beard because the kid's an idiot. She just buys it. So, so she starts like singing, and Hogan like you're just praying that Hogan doesn't know the song, and but he knows the song, and Hulk Hogan starts singing with her, and this was the exact moment I wanted to turn the gun on myself <laughs> <laughs> because Hogan is trying to keep up with this girl, and this little girl like she does she does okay with the song, but Hogan is just it reminds me of the a really bad version of when Jack Pounce and Billy Crystal did this in City Slickers. It's just like trying to like, oh, they they found something to connect with, but it's like Hogan's trying to be endearing and it's just not working. That girl I wrote, I wrote Charlie. I forget what the, she's, it's whatever action, action scene she's in. I was right. Or maybe it's her, it may just be her reactions. I wrote, she's overselling more than Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. She is (laughs) like, I think she's playing up that voice. Yeah. Like that voice oh, yeah. is too childish. But it's super sad because she's sitting here, she goes, Oh, I come in here and try to sing to the fairies and like what the fuck is going on, right? And they show the windows and they flicker. And then they try to explain that the crystals underground make the windows flicker. Unbelievable. And she says, yeah. she Unbelievable. She says this line. What are we even talking about? Yes. She says this line that makes it super sad where she's like, I like to come in here and sing because then I think my mommy is listening to me. You're an orphan. You oh ain't got gosh. mommy. Like, you don't have a mom. Which, okay, <laughs> let's also be real. This is like a 30s room church orphanage. There are four orphans. You don't even need well, this. they did say. <laughs> hmm. They, no, they no, did say. I, they, I, I, they, I would hope. Okay. I they did say, say that I would hope I wouldn't get adopted if I was living <laughs> in that place is too big. Yes, that there was a that they couldn't get the they these are the three kids they couldn't get adopted because remember they said they're the leftovers and I was hoping like then we're gonna see like oh we're gonna see creepy ass shit kids uh, they're just normal kids Mila Kunis is supposed to be super smart or something because she's always reading so she that's how you know strong woman strong woman uh oh uh oh. To go back to Charlie's point. Come on, like, Jason, bite. Bite. <laughs> Charlie, to bring back a point that you were just talking about, another movie they tried to introduce at the beginning, she's like, oh, I don't believe in Santa. Like, it's going to be one of those movies oh, where... Oh, here we go. You know, it's going to be one... And, and, then it, and then it just goes away. It just instantly goes away. It's, it's just as predictable as any one of those movies where a, a, a kid has a problem with their father, and they just, instead of calling them dad, they, go, they call him John. And it's just as predictable. It's like... He'll be dead by the end of this thing. I just fucking know it. Well, and, if he coughs, he's got to cough in the first act to indicate he'll be dead by the third act. Oh my god! And and like and, and and it rips off some of these like like it has that that Dickensian way about it with like oh he's got to learn a lesson by right, right. being with lessers, you know. And and the way it starts with that little girl's voiceover, it is very reminiscent of the way It's a Wonderful Life starts uh, with. All people in, in Bedford Falls praying for George Bailey, and it, it just it just doesn't have the effect at all. No matter how cute that little girl's voice is, all the different wrestlers praying for Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, it's me. That the would one be amazing. Thing. 
and then you cut to Kevin Sullivan having a satanic ritual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! Let's talk about another '90s trope that this movie just can't let go of. If the movie is interesting, just have a musical score that never fucking stops. <laughs> it just yeah. plays. Someone hits play, and it just goes. No one ever like fades the music out, fades it in. It just keeps fucking going until the fucking music is driven into your brain. Yeah. Oh. I <laughs> A uh, couple, couple more technology <laughs> things I thought were incredible. Jason, you'd love this. How does he have got good a cell service in a tunnel in the 90s underground? That's awesome. Like, <laughs> because, man, he's basically junior. No. Don't, don't you judge. No, the flip phones, that's right. Because that was... <laughs> I was sitting there, like, thinking, like, the, this whole, the, the subplot of he gets his memory back and is taken away from the orphanage... And so he just sits there. He doesn't go help them. He just tries to call them. And how did they okay. they do the voice recording thing? You know what I'm talking about yes. here? Where it's another with the technology where they hack the phone line. Hogan dials three numbers. The, there's still a dial tone. He starts talking to an operator, but we still hear the dial tone. And then, and then he asks whoever is on the other line, but there isn't anybody, to connect him to the orphanage. So even even he doesn't understand how a phone works, that you have to dial more than three numbers than, uh, to, to actually get, uh, apparently, a human being. Because his thing is, like, you, I know and this leads right into the, the cross-connection thing that you're talking about, but it's just funny. It's like, you're talking to a dial tone. What are you doing? What happened? Why? Why I gotta dial the area code now? I just won't dial seven numbers. That's <laughs> so, so I talked about how they they ripped off a couple of the Christmas movies ideas, which is you know that's typical. Like you, you see enough of these movies, it's just bound to happen. But then, like we we briefly touched on it, they basically just decided to remake a classic scene from fucking Vertigo, like where they're up in the bell tower, and 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 the way that Hogan falls, like what happened? Like like the, this the Santa arm, like just kind of like brazenly touches him, and and it whoa and he just falls into this garbage truck where he sees one of his uh, powders, and he's and he makes some kind of meta comment like basically letting us know that he's back to his normal self. I, my, just my God, it's just so convoluted. Like they couldn't figure out how to get him out of that bell tower. And Jesus Christ, they haven't even mentioned that got. He got Brutus Beefcake a role in this. Oh yeah, Is as he... a Japanese yeah. uh, sous chef. What the fuck is he doing in he, this thing? He's a scientist. Remember, all of Ed Begley Jr.'s guys are oh. scientists. That's why they're carrying those long plastic rollers because they're all scientists. Oh, that's what they carry. oh yeah. Well, oh, hold on. They're they're carrying T squares. Yes. <laughs> and they're beating each other and strangling each other with T squares. Yeah. I, it's so weird. And it just that's why I want to go back to the, the, the hacking the phone line. Is number one, were they just sitting there hoping to God Hogan would call? Why? I mean, I, it's cool, but all of them were involved. You have a plan where you are 95% of the way done because he's bought the entire rest of the neighborhood. So I don't understand how the, the why he has to buy the rest of the neighborhood if the church is and the orphanage is the only one that has the vault in it. Um, He's right there. So he sends 
everyone to hack the phone line and they're hacking the phone line, but then it's sending that phone call to Ed Begley Jr.'s phone instead of someone just being right. I was like, what the fuck is this? And when did he tape that conversation with her? And why would Hulk Hogan suddenly go? Now someone's like, thank you for saving our ass multiple times. You saved our token black guy's life at your first scene where she met him. Now get the fuck out of here. It was such a forced turn uh, in, in the story. <laughs> so Clint Howard decides to come back into this thing. <laughs> like, like, how you think, like, Liz, like, I want more. Look, I'm done with him. And then like, an hour goes by, and you know, I'm, I still have it. And he shows up, and I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Oh, but it gets so much better. Because the police have a goddamn rocket launcher. Whoa, yeah. That they Whoa. fire. Yeah. Like, because I think Clint Howard's car is the one that gets hit. Yeah. And he ends up like driving the blown up police car with <laughs> shield wipers, like as a sight gag that are still going. And it's like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And I love Clint Howard. I'm like, all I kept every time he came on the was like, Solo, a Star Wars story's Clint Howard. You know? <laughs> like, just all the weird movies he's been able to pop up in, and then he shows up in this shit. And uh, is he the police captain? Because the, the other two police officers in this town seem to be pretty damn frightened of him. I'd be to look at him. I mean, it's no, yeah, no surprise yeah, when you when you look at the newspaper and it says crime is on the rise. Well, no shit. You got the worst police force in the history of mankind here. You've just you've got Clint Howard leading using rocket launchers, using rocket launchers on your on themselves, apparently. <laughs> and it's all this one gang. They call Ed Begley Jr.'s people a gang. They they don't know where he is. His house is fucking huge, and there's air cans all over the outside. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be a germaphobe or something. So they. So when they get back to the ground layer, like I, because I, I was trying to figure out how this how this worked. Ed Bagley Jr. is wearing this astronaut outfit, and yet no one else really is. Like Hogan's down there, the kids are down there. What exactly is Ed Bagley Jr. protecting he, himself from? He's a germaphobe. He's a germaphobe. Yeah. Is that's that it? it? Yeah. That's it. The, the aerosol cans everywhere. The the creepy rape scientist sprays like. Then when they when before he comes in and says it's like it's been covered. There's the scene where he hands him the the papers and he sprays the papers down. He said papers full of germs. He's a germaphobe. Oh, wow. so there's one thing they establish and you missed it. Wow, wow. <laughs> I feel like I've given the movie a disservice. <laughs> it's like they set up one thing. <laughs> it's, well, then there's this weird, uh, like, before that, there there's another one wearing an astronaut suit, and Hogan, like, activates the gas. That guy's dead. And that guy's got to be dead, right? Like, and Hogan and the kids are like, ah. <laughs> like they're just having a ball watching this guy basically just die. Oh. And I'm just sitting, like, in my chair mortified, just like. <laughs> what's what's happening here? Now, see, I want to see that movie. I want to see Krampus with muscles. Where's Hogan? <laughs> but he's just like joyfully killing people. It just, it just to laugh along and go with it. That, that's actually a pretty good idea. 
like they were pointing and laughing and, and it was just like a wonderful time and and i'm like that guy's that guy's gonna have problems for the rest of his life <laughs> if he makes it out of this because it <laughs> it's spark too dude Oh, it's really bad. Um, so, like, what is it? Hogan, like, adopts the kids, I guess? Yeah. And, oh, and, bring it, Charlie. Bring and it. He I know where you're going. Garrett Morris. Here it comes. Oh, yeah. This was this was the best. So, Hogan, like, adopts the kids, basically everybody, and uh, brings them over to his mansion. The kids are having fun, and Stark is, like, in a chair, like, sun tanning. Did he make the black guy move on? <laughs> yep um garrett but, morris is mowing the lawn but wait i don't think that that's not hogan's mansion it's bagley jr's mansion that they take from him because of all the remember when he and the oh, elf well, that were makes sneaking it so through much the yard <laughs> yes, it does but so it's not so therefore hogan's not being racist that's the new orphanage and so it was garrett morris's job to take care of the orphanage oh so that's, that's new orphanage Yes, this. But also, where did these other orphans come from? I f- I would feel kind of gypped if I was the last three kids left, and then like suddenly we get a new sweet ass house, and there's like thirty of us running around, and it looks like birthday party time all the time. No, no. <laughs> but I love how they can see the prison. It's got a great view. Oh my god! Yeah, they're they're within an earshot of the prison. Hogan's like, look, look at the prisoners picking up trash. You know, <laughs> hear them look, there's nails. Look at that jabroni. <laughs> Man, that was a quick sentencing. <laughs> like, it just... In you go. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, but... Uh, so, the, the little girl... Like, so I can pick on her one more time. Uh, she has the last line of the movie. And I swear to God, she forgot it. They left it in. Because she looks through the telescope, gets down, looks around at everybody... Then looks down and then looks back up and delivers her final line. She Clooney'd it. You know, what with the head bobbing? <laughs> with, with, she, Clooney, you know, you look down, you look up, you look down, you look up and you say your line. I'll solemn and everyone thinks you're a good actor. She Clooney'd it. Oh yeah, it, it looked like because right before she says it, it looks like it just entered her mind. She has a look on her face like, oh shit, and then she goes right into it. And should we get another take? Not fucking sunset. Uh, go go home. <laughs> this movie. Oh my god. Oh well, we also like that third act reveal. Okay, so so it turns out Hulk Hogan and Ed Begley Jr. were best friends, which is just the oddest pairing. Uh, when they were kids in the orphanage, and and he's and Hogan's like, "What happened to you? You used to be nice." <laughs> so strange. And he's, yeah, because then he Ed Begley Jr. goes, you were off spending mommy and daddy's millions. They were orphans. <laughs> like, so right. Was, was he was what whole, millions? Was he adopted by a millionaire? Must have been. When some millionaire came to the shit-ass orphanage went, I want that kid. Hi, my name's uh, Larry Thunderlips. I'd like to buy that kid. <laughs> or we adopt him, <laughs> whatever. Ah. <laughs> uh. Happy holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I know not everywhere is snowy because clearly this is California, but can you make it at least seem like it was supposed to be Christmas time outside yeah. of the mall? It's 
it's pretty bad. Like, like the, the Christmas spirit it does not live within this movie. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty vacant actually. And Jesus Hogan. I love how like Hogan is just so strange in this movie. Like how he's compelled to go to the orphanage. Like, like, he, like he's on a mission from God or something. Like he sees one sign for an orphanage in that mall at the beginning of the movie. We got to go to the orphanage. And just uh, why? Cause the, cause the script says so. <laughs> that fight, right. if there would have been a real santa that was using this to to answer her then that would have made the movie i would say because at least at it least was, five and yeah because at least there's a reason for this compelling thing and it's like oh okay well maybe he's just gonna start going doing good only he decides to only do good at this one place i just i can't understand how hulk hogan who's probably probably the most charismatic wrestler of all time and how good he was in suburban commando and how good he was like in Rocky three, even though it's a bit part, how he's just not very good in anything else and how he's just basically like white. Well, he's just white bread. Like there's nothing interesting about him in all in almost any of the other movies that he was in. Like he wasn't able to carry over that charisma to hardly anything else. And, and why that was, I, 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 think, I, I just don't know. I think it's effort. Like you look at you look at some of these other like Steve Austin falls into the same category. He tried to carry over the persona, but he didn't really try to like grow or adapt with each movie to like act. You know what I mean? Like be a be a character versus be stone cold as this person. And that's and I feel like Hogan falls into the same thing. Like Suburban right. Commando is crafted beautifully to where it works around Hulk Hogan's strengths. Not all movies are going to be written that way or made that way, and that's where it requires effort on the actor's part. The Rock has done a great job of trying to like, I, I, you know, he. A lot of times he is just the persona, you know, but he happens to have that level of effort where like it's convincing. But it's a good one. Yeah, it's convincing. Like it's a good one. Act- it's just it just makes me think that if you look at it from as a character, it's like Harry Balea can only play Hulk Hogan. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. like, like that's kind of how it feels. And, and it's like, and yeah, with suburban commando, like script is pretty good, but it's also like the supporting cast, like that really, they have a lot to do, yeah. you know, like they can, they make it work. The movie just doesn't solely rest on Hulk Hogan. So that helps too. And even no holds barred to an extent in a so bad, it's good way. Uh, but, but he's a wrestler in that. So it's not that much of a stretch. It, it's just, I just find it very, just almost like a missed opportunity, but I mean, just, that he couldn't be served correctly in any of these any of these movies, and the fact that that for me at least this isn't even his worst movie, and just that's a real testament to just how many bad movies Hulk Hogan actually made. Yeah, I think it's I think it's effort. It is, it's, I think it's laziness. Like I think a lot of wrestlers are lazy and they're just going to phone it in, thinking their persona in wrestling will carry over into just any movie, and that's just not the case. I mean, it just doesn't. There, there are some people who can be just a persona in every movie, and it works. They are some of the best movie stars on the planet. They don't have to really do much of anything. They can just be themselves. The, the difference between Jack Reacher and Ethan Hunt is not much, really, in the end. But it's not much. It's a great. He's a fantastic persona that just finds a way to like maneuver with each movie and make it work. Where just some wrestlers don't. And we love Steve Austin, but god dang, talk about some terrible terrible movies i mean, <laughs> I mean they're pretty bad yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're worse than hogan's 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it could always be like Randy Orton and just have a scene where you, you're going to cast Randy Orton just for him to go, I'll go to the papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's what they call me? Or what, what's the name of that movie? That, that's that's um, my yeah. name. Yeah. Yes. Ed Harris is like supposed to be like a kid being bullied by Randy Orton. I'll take this to the papers. <laughs> I'll RKO the off. papers. Yeah. RKO <laughs> <laughs> the bully kid? No, he's just going to go to the papers. I don't get it. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's the, the failed Triple H movies that they made at Twilight, one family comedy, and one is a, supposed to be serious drama. Well, that's right. It's the same movie, but one's R and one's PG. He's, he's uh-huh. out of prison. Yeah, I saw the chaperone. At least I've seen that one. Ugh. God. Wow. So, but that's, I'm, you know, I mean, to, to bring this back to, to this, I mean, on paper, you got the guy who was still, you know, riding, you know, he wasn't at this point, but he's the biggest wrestler to come along at this point playing Santa Claus. You would think that this would get some kind of budget, some kind of attention, a little bit. Of, no, it's it doesn't. It's almost like a canon film. Level yeah, thrown together. That's a, good, that's a good way to look at it. And and you know, like I don't think it's much of a stretch uh, to see someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a role like this, because like I, I keep thinking about Jingle All the Way and how that movie uh, should be terrible, but I I love that movie. And and. It's, it, that's more boiled down to the performances in the script, but I could see Arnold doing a much better version of Santa with muscles back then. I could see, like this script passing him to his desk once, like just a joke, you know, just like oh maybe Arnold will say yes, but no, he would never say yes. No, that man, they. Yeah, that'd be that'd be brutal, man. Schwarzenegger would definitely yeah, I, I, demand. I can't a... imagine that this was written. Yeah, no. I can't imagine that this was written for Hulk Hogan. You know, like like this might have been this might have gone through a couple of things before it finally was like, hey, let's make Hulk Hogan. Because I remember like those promos that Hogan did back in the '90s in WCW, where he talked about how Ted Turner promised him movie deals, and uh, and it's like that's it. You know, it's like you, you got Thunder in Paradise out of it, which is okay. It's not bad. But like every every movie that he did around this time, and and that's the thing too. Hogan did so many movies that I'm sure that we're all three not even aware of. Uh, like he has one series that had like three movies that uh, came out in like the early 2000s, like Shadow Assault or whatever the hell. Like Pearl Weathers is in one of them. And you're just oh like, yeah, Shadow Warriors. That's it. Yeah, and it's well, like, he's got a full luxurious head of hair. He looks like Van Hammer. Van Hogan. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I could see this This really doesn't look like it was written for him. But if you wind up getting, like, okay, well, we didn't get the person. We didn't get this person. If you get Hulk Hogan, rewrite it a little bit to, to be more him. Because it's either, like, it, it's either he's trying so hard to not be Hulk Hogan so that he can show his range. <laughs> well, you know what he could do to help that? Shave the mustache completely. The fact that he yeah. kept his mustache in almost every single one of his movies, like except for I think Three Ninjas, but that that no, uh, but that like that doesn't help. It's just like I just look at him and I go Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, you know, that's not an ex Navy SEAL, that's not an alien warrior from outer space, 
You know, <laughs> that's Hulk Hogan. Who's an ex Navy SEAL warrior from outer space? But you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Anything else you guys got? What else on this? I say we rate it. <laughs> that's a good call. Oh. Just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll start. I, I, I give I give Santa with muscles a two. That's exactly the rating I thought of. So I'll stick with two as well. Yes, two across the board. Wow, cool. So cool. what's it take? That being said, what's it take to get a one? Three ninjas, <laughs> high noon at Mega Mountain, or cops and Robertsons for me. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did give it a one, maybe unceremoniously, but yes. Not to say, uh, I, I certainly don't think that that's a worse movie than this, but uh, that's uh, that's my opinion. Um, no, Hogan, this is such a bad movie, but I'll be honest, it's 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 one of the longer 90-minute movies that I've come across uh, recently, you know, it just where it feels like an eternity. But, you know, I was never, like, bored, I guess is the word. Like, I was, more, I was really fascinated, <laughs> like, watching this production. <laughs> And just how, like, at this point, there had been, like, 90 years of movie making, and yet there was, to this day, there's still shit being made. And you're like, yeah, they still haven't figured it out, you know? Uh, there And, like, there's a nostalgic quality to it, too. Cause I remember WCW promoting this a little bit. And, uh, and, and I had, prior to this viewing, I had seen this movie a little bit on TBS, and I knew I didn't like it. But, uh, you know, it was nice. It's nice to say that I've at least seen it, you know. Well, that's that. <laughs> wow. Merc- it's what that that's the back of the box. It's nice to that's say I've at least seen it. <laughs> well, I've at least seen it, you know, I can cross it off the list. This is notoriously uh, one. This is it in the bottom like 250 on IMDb? It was in the bottom. For a long time, it was in the bottom 100 on IMDb, which I helped contribute. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping it can get there again. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of competition. If you've, if you've ever actually looked at the IMDb bottom 100, there is a lot of, of, of awful shit. And, um, like, I, I, and you know, I, know me, I honestly don't think this is one of the – this isn't one of the worst movies I've ever seen because I've seen so many. But it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's no well, Mac. Com- that's for sure. It's right. no what? What's- it's no Mac and me. <laughs> no, it's no Mac and me. And when you're competing with movies like like The Hottie and The Naughty and, and like Manos, The Hands of Fate, like, yeah, it's, it's not going to come anywhere near that. Ugh. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Thanks for listening to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, movies for guys who like movies is part of the New Blood Rising podcast. We will be back with uh, Starcade '91, Battle Bowl, The Lethal Lottery, The Final Frontier, The Undiscovered Country, <laughs> The End Game, The Quickening, Generations, <laughs> End Game. There you go. Part two, uh, <laughs> Judgment Day. <laughs> if you guys, if you're traveling over the holiday, be safe on the roads. Especially while you're listening to this. Don't careen off the road as we're <laughs> getting into some of these diatribes about Hulk Hogan's acting. Uh, That's right. 
become so upset that we sat through this for you that you go, well, Charlie said he turned the gun on himself. I think I'm just going to go right to that 18-wheeler over there. <laughs> We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast, on Twitter, at New Blood Pod. I'm at William Rankin 83 I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore Stabs. We'll see you all again soon for Starcade 91.